Hello, uh, my name is Paolo Rorostanga. I'm a consultant ophthalmologist and veterinary surgeon. I'm retina lead and retina service partner at the London Vision Clinic in Harley Street, London. I have over 30 years experience in ophthalmology, having worked for many years with industry in imaging and laser tissue interaction amongst others. Welcome to this discussion. I will interview two very experienced retinal specialists on photobiomodulation, or PBM, in dry age-related macular degeneration and other indications. As you may know, photobiomodulation is a novel approach to retinal disease. It is a privilege for me to introduce Drs. Kaimak and Ordunia. Dr. Kaimak is a board-certified ophthalmologist and eye surgeon. He is head surgeon, head retina surgeon at the Breyer, Kaimak and Klabe Eye Surgery Clinic, and he is also head of the Research Institute International Innovative Ophthalmology Surgery, or IAO, in Dusseldorf. He is an expert, amongst others, in nanolaser treatment. Dr. Ordunia is a specialist in medical and surgical retina with more than 20 years experience in the laser treatment of macular diseases. He is medical director of the Ordunia Clinic. He has got experience in the use of laser techniques based on the photomechanical, photothermal and photochemical effect using micropulsed, nanopulsed and lead photobiomodulation lasers in retinal disease. Let me introduce the Valeda light delivery system. This is the first approved treatment for dry age-related macular degeneration using photobiomodulation. Valeda is CE marked in the European Union. In the United States, it's undergoing clinical trials and is not yet approved for use. As you can see here, the Valeda system consists on an adjustable tabletop structure. It has a user-friendly design. It's got a small footprint, touchscreen interface, and easy-to-follow step-by-step instructions that can be run by a doctor or a trained technician. So what is photobiomodulation, or PBM? It is also known as low-level light therapy. It is an expanding medical technology in which exposure to low-level light is used to stimulate cellular function, leading to beneficial clinical effects. Photobiomodulation is not only used in ophthalmology. It is also used in physiotherapy, arthritis, wound repair, sports medicine, and other subspecialties. So how does it work? Well, here we can see, I would like to highlight the cellular benefits of photobiomodulation. We have evidence that it can improve blood flow, enhance oxygen binding, improve ATP formation, reduce oxidative stress, and therefore reduce inflammation and reset the metabolic function at the cellular level. This is a multi-wavelength approach. Three different wavelengths are being used. 590 nanometers, 670 and 850 nanometers. Each one has a different function. 590 nanometers inhibits VEGF expression and removes cellular deposits. 670 promotes oxygen binding and stimulates metabolic activity. 850 
drives electron transfer and stimulates metabolic activity, inhibiting inhibition, uh, inflammation sorry, and cell death. I would like to point your attention to the LightSight 1 study in which photobiomodulation was shown to improve best corrected visual acuity in 50% of patients which dem or eyes which demonstrated more equal or more than five letter gain. Photobiomodulation improved contrasensitivity and reduced central drusen volume. So treatment with PBM suggests disease modifying effects in dry AMD. However, Retreatment with photobiomodulation is needed for a continuous benefit. There have been no safety concerns during this study. So, following this uh, background uh, information, I would like to introduce the first of our two speakers, Dr. Kamak, to discuss his extensive experience uh, in photobiomodulation. So first of all, I want to talk about the patient's journey, the workflow. Uh, what is very important is that we have the publication, two publications about the photobiomodulation. And this is the basis for our work. So we try to uh, collect these informations from the publications for our patients. We have these leaflets for our patients for dry MD and also for the patients with diametic maculopathy. And I think this is very important for the patients that they can read uh, this at home, uh, the science behind the therapy. We have also um, for many years experience with the nano laser treatment. So we have the same patients for this uh, modality for treating. And what is very important is that the uh, staff is also experienced with this uh, treatment. So everyone is trained. And so we have the PBM nurses. We have specially optimized workflow so that we can separate these special cases from the normal routine uh, practice. The communication is also very important. So the staff is very informed about the indications for the treatment and also about the actions uh, of the treatment. So we can offer this PBM for our AMD patients when they came to the OCT controls after the intravitreal injections. We are doing, I think this year, it will be 6,500 intravitreal injections. So we have a lot of patients for uh, this therapy. We also talk with the children of the patients while they are waiting because they have also for their uh, potential patients for this treatment. Uh, and also um, the diabetic patients are the ones we talk to them for the possibility for a new treatment. I will show you now our first experience. This was patient number one with a late stage AMD. You see that they have a geographic atrophy. You see uh, the microperimetry and the average threshold was 22 and the fixation stability was pretty nice. But you see after the treatment, 
that we have a very good improvement uh, in the visual function. The next patient was a patient with an early AMD. It was uh, the son of a patient with that AMD, so he's very open-minded for this new treatment modality. And you see that after the treatment, treatment, that the patients have a very good fixation stability. So you get this functional improvement in vision um, and the patient was very grateful for the uh, possibility to have a treatment for his early stage of AMD. This is the next patient. You see uh, the OCTs with drusen of the patient. You see that there was an improvement, an increase in the volume of the uh, AMD within one year. And then you see what happened after the treatment. After seven months, you got a, a regression, a resolution of the drusen. So we got an improvement in the anatomical function of the patient. But what I think what is more important is the visual quality of the patient. And here we see an improvement uh, in the microperimetry and also on the fixation stability. That means that the patient feels this improvement that he have the possibility to read uh, better after the treatment. The subjective improvement was the vision quality. Uh, that when he's reading the letters, they get brighter. He got a deeper color perception and the reading speed was increasing. This is what the patient felt and he was very grateful for this possibility. This is another patient. You see also the OCT that we have no uh, reduction when we do nothing. We got more in, uh, an increasing also of the volume of the drusen and after the treatment you got a reduction uh, with the drusen. But what is more important, I think, are the functional improvement and the patient was very happy because uh, when he he's uh, playing bingo, he now can see the numbers better and also the colors. And this was a really improvement for his quality of life. So he was now able to play mesopic bingo. So he really uh, feel the contrast improvement in his daily life. We do a questionnaire because I think this is really very important for the daily life for the patients. They can't really see the regression of the drusen. Uh, they are a, li a little bit happy when you can show it in the OCTs, but what is really important for the patient is the visual performance. And most of the patient, they feel this improvement after the treatment, after nine treatments, and this holds on for several months. We have done for long times uh, studies with the nanolaser treatment and it was the same category, the same patients and we didn't see with the nanolaser this improvement uh, with uh, the nanolaser treatment. So PBM is really an improvement in the function of the retina and it's really an improvement in the quality of life for the patients. This is another patient where you can see the microperimetry 
this is for the daily routine measurements really important because you see uh, this improvement is not possible to just look at the visual acuity and also contrast sensitivity uh, it's a little bit uh, not easy to perform it micropyrometry i think it's for the routine procedure very nice tool for showing uh, the function of the retina and also in this patient you see after nine treatments we have a stable fixation and also the average threshold is improving in the right and in the left eye. This is a patient with a vitelliformed maculopathy so uh, it's a kind art of AMD and you see there are slight changes uh, and slight improvement in visual acuity. That means you can also try this not only in dry AMD, also in vitelliform maculopathy, you see an improvement after nine treatments within five weeks. And also this patient, uh, you see uh, the RPE detachment, which is resolving after the treatment within five weeks and the visual acuity was stable, but you see this anatomical uh, change after just nine treatments. For the long term, I think this is very important that you can do this retreatment after three to six uh, months, and then you just need retreatments for a re-improvement of the visual function for the patient. Here it was after nine months, uh, it was still stable, the visual improvement and the visual function was very good after the treatment in patients with dry AMD. So we have also the possibility to get long-term good results with this new treatment. I'm going to introduce my practice workflow in our clinic in Madrid when we use a photobiomodulation, then the, the cases must, must be in, a, in not advanced stage. We, we used to look for autofluorescence chains. In, in most times, a retinography could be quite normal, but the autofluorescence image could be like this. In this image, we can see a, lattice-like uh, image, uh, lines in the hyperautofluorescence lines in the autofluorescence and the visual acuity of the patients is diminished. We treat this case uh, and after treatment the patient gains uh, five letters in the right eye and two letters in the, in the left eye. It was a very successful case. One of our criteria to, to, to introduce this treatment is the is a patient that is that his his or her drusen, subretinal drusen, are growing. If the drusen are growing or something are changing or visual acuity are are going uh, forward to to be diminished in the in the follow up, this patient is eligible to to be treated with photobiomodulation. Then, if you see growing in drusen volume in in six months period is a good good case to be indicated uh, the photobiomodulation.
Here you can see a patient with a soft drusen, periphobular in both eyes. In the left eye is most advanced the illness, and the patient improves seven letters in both eyes after treatment. This is a very successful case. This other is an advanced case. It's a very late indication for photobiomodulation. We have to explain the patient uh, that he has a very big patch of retinal atrophy or, or uh, with a total hypofluorescent patch. patch. Then the atrophic geography is growing. This is not a good indication, but the patient improves three letters after treatment, improves reading speed. And we say to the patient that reading speed is a predictive test to other tags in, in the life, also improves quality of life. This is the other eye of this patient. Also, we observe the same effect with photobiomodulation. It's a late stage indication, late indication, but patient, the patient improves four letters in both eyes. I think the best indication for to be treated with photobiomodulation are cases like this. Soft drusen in the posterior pole, uh, patients uh, with some calcification but with normal or close to normal autofluorescence. This patient gained five letters after treatment. In reticular pseudodrusen, we all Dr. Kalma can, can talk with me after, after this uh, communication. Uh, we know that with nanolaser we can't, we cannot treat these cases. Then I think it's a very good indication for to be treated with photobiomodulation. We treat this case with reticular pseudodrosin and the patient improves visual acuity and we have not any complication in the retina, no neovascular membrane and no and no, no complaints for the patient. Here you can see uh, another reticular pseudodrusen case. The patient has soft drusen combined with reticular pseudodrusen. Then the patient improves three letters after treatment. This is another case of reticular pseudodrusen. The patient gained five letters after treatment with no complication. Here you can see a very important my improvement after treatment in a patient with dry macular degeneration. Uh, the patient improves too much after the treatment, but to obtain this result with Maya microperimetry, we have to be sure that is very the, the the microperimetry is very good done, and the patient uh, is alert during the test. But if you are sure, uh, you can obtain uh, improve like this in some cases. Patients with a small heart drusen uh, are a very good uh, patients uh, to be eligible for this uh, photobiomodulation treatment. And our patient improves uh, near two decibels uh, after photobiomodulation in the average threshold measured with Maya microperimetry. This is another case, a patient uh, having uh, suffering for soft drusen, large soft drusen under the retina, and after uh, one cycle of photobiomodulation, nine treatments, you can see in the image of the, of the left before treatment and after treatment in the image of the left, excuse me, and in the image of the right uh, before treatment, and patient improved two decibels uh, in the average threshold after uh, 
photo biomodulation. Here you can see the, another example of patient uh, raising the, the average threshold and in the sensitivity map uh, you can see clearly uh, in this image that uh, peripheral retina must be recruited and uh, go to the normal uh, range of sensitivity. Another case uh, showing the, that the average threshold uh, improves and all microperimetry parameters improves after, after photobiomodulation. It's important uh, that sometimes uh, you can see uh, small improvements, uh, nearly one or two decibels, or in other cases, you can see the improvement in microperimetry. Sometimes you can see the, improve, the improvement in, the, in visual acuity, in best corrected visual acuity, but the patient say that, that he feels or, or she feels better and can see uh, things that uh, before treatment they can't see. In this case, uh, the patient said that she, ca she could not see the preacher's face before treatment and after treatment, uh, pa patient uh, can do it. Patient can go to the charts and, and see the preacher's face and she's very happy. Um, uh, and the treatment was very successful in this case, but with not too much change in microperimetry and in the visual acuity. Impacts a lot photobiomodulation in the quality of life of in our cases. In summary, uh, we have been obtained improvement in visual acuity, resting and sensitivity and quality of life. Our first results uh, from November uh, 2019 to, to June 2020, we, have, we treat 105 patients, 47 patients was for dry MD. We obtained a minimum improvement of three letters. Maximum improvement in some cases was a missing 22 letters of improvement but the most common was five uh, to seven letters, very similar to let's say one study results. It's important to, to, to say you that reading speed improves also 15 words per minute. Uh, and this reading speed has a, a very important uh, impact in, in the life of the patients, in the quality of life or is predictive for other tasks and there are no changes in Drusen after the, six, the first six months treatment. We, we, we can't see change in Drusen volume after the treatment. Thank you very much uh, to both of you, uh, Dr. Skemak and uh, Dr. Sordunia, for sharing your real-life experience with the use of photobiomodulation. Let me ask you some, some questions uh, to both of you. Uh, let's start with uh, Dr. Kaimak. Uh, do you have a fixed interval between uh, treatment sessions or do you vary the, the, the interval between, uh, according to response? Um, 
When we start with the treatment, we try that we do nine to 10 treatments within four weeks. And then we check this again after uh, four weeks. And then we look after 12 weeks again for the function of the macula. But it's also possible. And we have patients uh, when they have the experience that after four sessions, they feel an improvement in visual acuity and visual uh, quality. Uh, Dr. Kaimak, you've seen resolution of Drusen. Have you seen any, any changes in autofluorescence in those treated areas where the Drusen were? This was some of our patients. Uh, it's not the routine case that you have a resolution from the Drusen, and it's also not our aim that we see these changes. I think the best thing is that we have this improvement in the visual quality, what we uh, didn't see with the nano laser treatment. And I think it's very uh, easy to perform and also it's very safe. We don't see any changes in the autofluorescence in those patients. You've spoken about photobiomodulation in uh, dry EMD. So what's next? Are there any possible, uh, is it possible to apply this technology to other conditions? Uh, Dr. Kaimak, Dr. Rodunia? Well, um, when we read the publication and you see that you have no side effect, then you really feel open to other treatments because you know every retinal disease have a dysfunction. And so you can try it or you can offer it to your patient. And we have patients with retinous pigmentosa or with CCS, uh, with MACTEL. We try it. Uh, we do not promise any benefit. We just really try it. And when the patient has or is open-minded, then I think these are very good candidates just to try it because you really see no side effect. And this makes us very sure uh, to try it in these patients. Dr. Rodunia, have you tried uh, photobiomodulation in other conditions? Yes, uh, I, I think this photobiomodulation treatment with Lumicera Valeda is, is tested and is safe. Uh, we, we, have, we, we can't see uh, side effects at all in any case. Then the patient have something to win and nothing to lose. Then I think you could offer in a very huge variety of retinal illness. Uh, and you are going to be surprised in some, in some cases. Because uh, patients can, can, can see better in some indication. Yeah, we, we can talk uh, about it if you want. You have both tried different laser technologies. Micropulse. Yes. Uh, subthreshold, uh, uh, photobiomodulation. Why should I go for photobiomodulation over other technologies? Uh, let's start with Dr. Kaimak. Because the procedure is really safe and it goes very quick, uh, your study nurse can do this procedure, you can repeat it, and you have really this excited results or patients you really not see it with the laser you know when you do on the laser it takes time that you see the improvement um, with ccs uh, 
I prefer the nanolaser treatment uh, before I do the PDT and there I see uh, the really good results with the laser. For diabetic macular edema, well, we can also try the subthreshold laser and the nano laser, but this takes time and it's, I think it's really difficult to titrate, to find the right energy. Um, and it's not always safe. Uh, and with the photobiomolation, you can go and you can try it. It's really safe. And so uh, it's a wide range of uh, indications um, where you can try this. Do you do combination treatment, Dr. Ordunia, in any of your patients? Not in any, but uh, I treat a patient with central serous choroidopathy, like Dr. Carmack. Then after the treatment, the, I'm going to show you a case after that. Uh, after the treatment, the patient say that, okay, my retina is drier, uh, but I can see better. This is a good indication for photobiomodulation. After a nanopulse laser, you can do a photobiomodulation because with photobiomodulation, the visual acuity is going to rise a little bit with no side effects. Then you can offer to, your, to all of your patients. So what makes the ideal patient for uh, photobiomodulation, uh, Dr. Kaimak? He will be open-minded for the new treatment modality, uh, what is not the gold standard yet. So we have to talk to the patient. And um, you can really say that 70% of the patient, they feel this improvement. Um, you try it in different cases. Um, and when you have not this no, that's, you also can try it in patients with really great geographic atrophy. I see also their improvements were not uh, count on it. So you are sometimes really surprised what you can achieve with this treatment. So I don't really know the best candidate for this treatment. Uh, I'm really open. I offer it to all patients, nearly. Dr. Dunia, what makes for you the ideal patient for photobiomodulation? First, my ideal patient for photobiomodulation is the patient who are in the uh, who fits in the clinical study, patients who have a dry AMD. Then, uh, uh, going out of this indication, out of the studies, my perfect indication is a patient with with some healthy retinal pigment epithelium and, and you can uh, be sure that the vision is going down, the visual quality is, is going down and the contact sensitivity is going down, the microperimetry is going down, then in this case you can offer the treatment. But you need a healthy retinal pigment epithelium because you are going to stimulate the retinal pigment epithelium. You have no retinal pigment epithelium, you are not going to stimulate nothing at all. That's a very valid point. You, have some, you need to have some cells to rescue.
So shall we go to your cases? Uh, Dr. Kaimak, do you want to start with uh, your next cases? Yes, um, some presentation with patients with DME. And I think you have also in your routine, in your practice, those patients, uh, they refuse intravitreal injections and the laser treatment uh, because they are afraid of any invasive treatment. So this was one of the patients where we tried the uh, photobiomodulation and you see the patients with this intraretinal fluid uh, which disappears after nine treatments you see the flatten of the retina and you see that this uh, holds on for the next three months so it is possible uh, for those patients who really refuse to any invasive treatment, then you can offer these patients uh, the photobiomodulation. This patient, also with a little bit of macular edema, you see the fovea, depressions, and a very good visual acuity. You see those patients uh, and you really don't know what to do with them. Should we do the intravitreal injections or we should do the subthreshold laser in this case? or? do nothing just wait and also i think this is a very good candidate for starting with this photobiomodulation when you uh, just want to get some experience with this new uh, treatment modality and also here you can see you have a little bit improvement little bit disappearance of the intraretinal fluid so Starting with those patients in diabetic macular edema, I think it's a good uh, possibility. You have also patients with more intraretinal fluid, and but also again with a very good visual acuity. And you are afraid of, I think, when you should do here an intravitreal injection, the patient would get an endophthalmitis it would be really a disaster um, when you treat those patients and also here with nine treatments within 11 weeks you have a little bit improvement uh, you see that the intraretinal fluid is disappearing so these are very good candidates to start with your photobiomodulation in your new area of treatment again uh, in this case we have an improvement in visual acuity it's um, not very much but it's enough for the patient and you can do it without intravitreal injections that means patients with a very good visual acuity where it's ethically okay when you wait when you do no treatment or when you just uh, wait for the intravitreal injection just to see what happened. This could be very good candidates for the photobiomodulation. In this case, we do a combination where we do the intravitreal injection and then after the injection, uh, we do the photobiomodulation. You see also an improvement in in this page with the uh, with the photobiomodulation there is still intravitreal fluid i think in diabetic macular edema you can combine it when the edema is going away and you want to have a fine tuning and the visual quality these are good indications for patients with diabetic macular edema 
Um, we look for the central thickness of the uh, macula and you see that most of the patients after nine treatments within three weeks uh, you have a reduction uh, in the macular thickness so the macular edema is going away and it's and it holds on for several weeks that means here i think it's a new possibility for treatment alone with uh, photobiomodulation or in combination with antivitreal therapy. And what is very important is the questionnaire when you're talking to the patients. This improvement uh, is very important for the daily routine uh, work. And you see that most of the patients, they get this feeling that the visual quality, the visual uh, is going better. Uh, in most of the cases uh, and this I think it's a very good indication or for the possibility for treating those patients you know diabetic patients are not easy and to handle and when you got a new tool for fine-tuning the visual acuity uh, this helps you in the, your daily work. Dr. Oduniak uh, we would like to share your experience. Uh, this patient came to our clinic with a very big retinal pigmentary epithelium detachment. Uh, then we offer to the patients uh, to the patient a treatment, but not with laser because uh, could be dangerous in these cases. You could have a, a very big tear in the in the retinal pigment epithelium with nano lasers in these cases, or with other lasers. And then we offer a photobiomodulation treatment. And the, results, the result was amazing. Uh, these patients, the, in, this, in this case, the retinal pigment epithelium the detachment uh, diminished a lot. Uh, the subretinal fluid uh, gone out of the retina and the visual acuity of the patient rise 22 letters in this case. It was incredible. And uh, after these results, we suspect uh, a neovascular membrane and the retina. And then after this image, we start to treat with intravitreal. And the patient is still uh, maintained with very good visual acuity. But this result was only with photobiomodulation, nine uh, sessions in one month. But in chronic CSC uh, patients, we have, we, we have been seeing things like this. Patient who has been treated with micropulse laser or with nanopulse laser, after the treatment, the, the macula uh, is still uh, with uh, some diminished in the retinal sensitivity. And then we offer photobiomodulation and the patient feels better. Sometimes the microperimeter doesn't change, but the patient feels better. And another amazing case that we have uh, been treating is amblyopia cases. Uh, in, this, in this case, the patient has an amblyopia. Uh, the visual acuity was 20 letters in this case. The patients uh, report problem using the personal computer and Closing uh, the non-amblyopic A, the patient cannot walk safely outdoors. Post, 
treatment, post-valida, post nine sessions of photobiomodulation, closing the non-amblyopicae, the patient can walk outdoors uh, by hours and, go, and can go uh, walking, uh, making trekking in the mountain, closing the, the non-amblyopicae, and then the quality of life of this patient improves a lot. The visual acuity improves more than 10 letters and the image was less pixelated. Then I think it could be an opportunity, photobiomodulation could be an opportunity for patients suffering from amblyopia. Out of the, of the modifying period in childhood, this is an adult patient with amblyopia, with 40 years old. I think really that for the patients with very good visual acuity, where you are thinking not to do the intravitreal injection, where you can wait for the treatment, these are the candidates where we should start with the photobiomodulation. It seems, as you say, for patients, uh, there could be a benefit for pa diabetic patients with them with early maculopathy with a minimum of intraretinal fluid and still good vision patients who you want to where you want to avoid uh, intravitreal injections or perhaps an adjuvant to intravitreal therapy yes i think we know that we have this inflammatory disease in uh, diabetic macular edema and it's when it's goes too much high levels uh, of these cytokines, so it is very difficult just to uh, get it uh, with just one treatment, with just photobiomodulation. I think then a combination therapy should be very good in those cases. To finalize, uh, Dr. Rodunia, what would be your uh, take-home message for somebody who's uh, considering starting to offer photobiomodulation in, 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 in his or her practice? I can say these doctors that are, that are thinking to introduce photobiomodulation in his uh, practice, that it is a safe technique and the patient can be surprised and the doctor can be surprised in some cases seen uh, rising in visual acuity and contact sensitivity of the patient. Then I think you can offer this technique because have no side effects and only benefits. This is my home message for the doctors. Thank you very much, Dr. Kaimak, Dr. Odunia, for sharing your extensive experience uh, in the use of uh, photobiomodulation. Uh, for sharing your experience in real life, because there are studies. We know that experience in real life is not always the same as that in studies with the different uh, therapies. But you have just shared with us for over one hour your experience of photobiomodulation in age-related macular degeneration and other conditions. Thank you very much to both of you. Thank, Thank you, you very so much, much. Dr. Steinhardt.